On this week's episode of Third and Forever, Kevin and I recap week 10 of the NFL season. We go into our segments of performance of the week, Nathan Beeman Award, stock up, stock down, and preview week 11, which is quite a momentous week. So we're going to get all into that and end things with our two-minute drill. All right, let's go. This week's episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, the week's here. Um, is, is something happening this week? Yeah, is it, is but, it different? But before we get to our week 11 preview, we do have to do a regular show, and we have to talk about week 10, because it was it was eventful. Well, we got to keep the listeners kind of on the edge of their seats, You know, let them dangle for a little bit before we yeah. get into... The juicy matchups. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we have a, this is a special episode here. As we teased the announcement here, Kevin and I will be sitting down and answering all or asking all the hard hitting questions to Fox Sports rules analyst, Dean Blandino. That's right. Bringing on Dean Blandino on the podcast. We're getting ready to record with him and interview with him. We're going to, we're going to answer, ask some questions. Hopefully he gives us some good answers about some certain rules this year where We've been very vocal about officials. Not going to pull any punches. This is hard-hitting journalism. Not a single non-serious question will be asked. Yep, yep. It's all going to be all all going to be on there. So I'm not going to (laughs) smile. Welcome to this special episode of Third and Forever, presented by Ten Thousand Takes. I'm your host Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host Kevin Holm. And Kevin, we have a very special guest. We have. Fox Sports rules analyst, and just, I mean, I don't know, pretty big name. Like, if you watch football, you know who this is, Mr. Dean Blandino. Dean, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Great. You know? Doing very well. Uh, Dean, I want to say, big fan of you personally. I think we'll get into the nitty-gritty here uh, further on the interview, but it's really nice to have someone on the podcast that actually agrees with me that Des didn't catch it. So yes. I'm, I'm very happy to have you here today. Oh, geez. We're already starting with it. All right. Um, all right. So a little backstory, if you're not familiar. Um, we know Des absolutely didn't catch it. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's it's in the rules. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to get into a two on one right now. I don't want I don't think you would I, win I'm that not argument. As invested. I mean, look, who I'm we're, not as look invested. Who we're talking and yeah, to like right I said, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to even try. I'll be shut down very quickly. Um, so Dean, you are obviously a, your rules analyst for Fox sports. So if you're a fan of the NFL and you're watching Fox, especially here in, in the Midwest where the Vikings play Vikings and Packers play most of their games on Fox. Um, so we usually see a lot of Dean Blandino on broadcasts. So you have been affiliated with the NFL, um, for quite some time. Actually, you had a really cool, I saw, you know, we did a little research, a little digging, you were assigned really? to um, to organize instant replay back when it was introduced, which if you could talk a little bit about that, I think that's because obviously it's such a crucial part of the game today. Um, you know, it swings games here and there. So Yeah, yeah. That, that I actually, I started as an intern doing video work in the officiating department. I didn't know anything about officiating. I just wanted to get involved in sports. I played Sports my whole life. I had an opportunity with the NFL and learned officiating from putting together teaching tapes for the officials. And then in 1999, 
the league voted to bring replay back and I was involved. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just that year. We had been talking about it and testing different technologies for a couple of years leading up to that in anticipation of the, the, the owners voting it in. And I, and I became heavily involved in on the technical side and the rules side. I was a replay official and, uh, and yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. And it's, it's so, it's so crazy to think about. I know, what the system was when we first put it in and how it's evolved and it's become such an integral part of the game and it continues to grow and the technology continues to get better. So it's really been just cool to see the system grow. And now I feel like every sport uses replay, all different levels. I mean, we've got high school football that uses replay. It's crazy how it's become such a big part of, of, of all games really. Well, and it's become such a thing where it's, it's impossible to think of like a game without it now, especially a game like football where there are so many things like I, I, you know, I was born and raised here in Minnesota. I was lucky enough to play high school football under Mike Grant, Bud Grant's son um, at Eden Prairie here. And, you know, big name in high school football. And he was always quoted by saying, you know, once a play snaps, it is 22 players screwing up. And so a meaning, there's probably penalties and things that happen on every single play. And it's, it's such an impossible task. Like we rag on like this show, we rag on officials. We have never a lot. once insulted <laughs> we, an official. We're we've, critical. We've never once well, had any feedback. We're never, so, ever. I'm sure. Never, yeah, I'm sure so we, yeah. We've had some people very, very critical um, on certain <laughs> outcomes of games because of maybe some calls that maybe 50, 50 went the wrong way or way they didn't want to go. And even like imagining a game, like we're, there was no even chance of overturning anything. That's just like, well, that's just the call. Sorry. Like that's it. And it's just such an interesting dynamic now. Like it's impossible to think of it without. It it is. You think about just like simple things like a touchdown that gets overturned and just try to imagine an NFL where that just happened and people live with it. Right. That's, that's not a touchdown. Oh, well, let's, let's move on. And that, and that ignorance is bliss. Right. And, and that's what it was when I first started. We didn't have replay and people just moved on. Right. It was a different it was obviously different. We didn't there wasn't social media the way it is today. The Internet didn't you know, wasn't as as, as big and, and pervasive as it is today. But that's what it was. You know, officiating the you know, officials make mistakes. Like you said, it's it's incredible to think everything that happens on a football field, you've got 22 players, you've got seven officials in the NFL, eight in college, and they have to make multiple decisions before each play, during each play, and after each play. And we just want to harp on the three or four calls that were close or were questionable when they're making like hundreds and hundreds of decisions, thousands of decisions every game, and most of them are right. But it's it's the one profession where you could be really good at what you do and people still think you're a moron. So yeah. it's, it's well, and it's it's a call like you're going to make 50 uh, percent yeah. like theoretically 50 percent unhappy, you know, even if it's very obvious, very blatant. Like, for example, if this were to be the case, like if they still had review, if they had review back then or able to do it, you know, Drew, Drew Pearson, one of the most iconic plays against the, the Cowboys against the Vikings, massive push off probably yeah. reviewed today but back then you know it's like you're, you're gonna have fans like i wasn't alive during it but i'm still talking about it like i've just been ingrained in my brain yeah and, you and know, I, I think that's and that's part of the the 
like the the romantic part of football or like for lack of a better term like we live with these they become part of the lore of the game like the officiate the controversy the des play like that'll follow me around and 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 quite frankly i just I, we made des with that call he's still doing commercials today yeah, yeah the, but, you know the Uber after Eats that or whatever. Call, yeah. So, so, but it's, it lives on and it's part of the kind of why people, you know, it's, it's fun to talk about that and, and to say, remember that play in 2015 or that play in 2010. And, and uh, I think that's part of why people, you know, they, they get into it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had a kind of a question that I wanted to kind of toss at you. It's a little bit of a, uh, a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory that I've been kind of building over the last couple of years. It's my theory that the NFL tweaks things once every couple of years just to get people talking, just to kind of, you know, poke the hornet's nest, if you will. At one point, it was what is a catch, you know, the Dez era, all that kind of stuff. After that, it was reviewable pass interference. And now we get to, you know, this year where taunting is the hot button issue. And so is that kind of the impression that you get where every once in a while, it's an intentional shakeup of things or how, how does that kind of feel to you? Yeah, you know, it's just haven't been a part of it. It's not, believe me, the league doesn't go out, they, the competition committee, the league office, they don't go out of their way to create controversy. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is, you do look at certain things and you do tweak certain things. It's always for the betterment of the game. When you look at, when you look at tweaking things, whether they're rules or points of emphasis, it's it's really you look at you look at player safety, you look at the sportsmanship, right? The taunting, that type of thing. And then you you look at the competitive equity, right? Is this fair? And then you have to consider, you know, can the officials consistently officiate whatever change you're making? So it's very, it's very strategic. And then, but just sometimes that's why they say, right, this is the it's the greatest reality show because. There's always something. There's always something that comes up. There's a taunting penalty in the Monday night game in the Bears and Steelers that everybody wants to talk about. It just happens organically. And then I think that's what makes people, you know, the 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 NFL so popular in this country. Yeah. Uh, you kind of brought up, we, we talked about, I, I mentioned about review and how that's such an integral part every Sunday or every, I guess, NFL game. Um, can you just maybe go into a little detail Give us like a look behind the curtain a little bit. What happens in that review process? Because obviously, when that happens, either you know you you come onto the broadcast and you're talking with the the play by play and the color commentator, and you're kind of explaining your thoughts on what's happening or what you think about the call on the field. But what's kind of happening with the officials? Like what we see them always go to the monitor. Yeah, but I guess a little more information about that for the comment. Yeah, so. So the, the a review is initiated, whether that's a challenge by the coach and they throw the red flag or it's a scoring play inside two minutes and the replay official stops the game. So the review is initiated and you've got really a couple of people involved. You have you have a replay official at the stadium that is selecting angles they're, they're, They make a decision to stop the game. They think that we need to look at a play, you know, a little more closely. So they're queuing up angles. You have the referee that comes over to that monitor, that little that little device on the sideline. Um, and then you have the people in New York where there's a couple of people that can make decisions. And they're all just communicating. The replay officials queuing up shots. The referee is looking. 
adding any input in terms of what the ruling on the field was. Here's what the official saw. We ruled it incomplete. The ball hit the ground. The replay official says, okay, we're looking to see if the ball hit the ground. And then ultimately the, the person in New York um, is responsible for making a decision. There is input from the replay official and the referee, but ultimately it's the person in New York that is going to say, okay, yeah, here's the angle. The ball hit the ground. We're going to overturn this. And then, then you have to communicate to the referee. All right, you know, it was second and 10 at the 20. Now it's going to be third and 10. We got to reset the clock to where it was when the ball hit the ground. So we're going to put it at 1222 and, uh, and we're going to go on the snap. So that, that's how the process works. There's a couple of people communicating. They're queuing up angles and, uh, and then they're going to make a decision. And so is there ever a situation where, like, if there's disagreement, can the head official, like, overrule, you know, people, you know, in New York, say, or anything like that? Like, how do you settle if, if you know, not everyone agrees on what happened? Yeah, it's, you, it's, a, it's a very collaborative process, and they do most of the time. And when I was involved, it was very, you know, we did come to a, to a you know, a joint decision decision a lot of the times but if there is a disagreement ultimately it's the the people in new york that have the final say so the referee can't can't overrule that the replay official it's the, the people in new york that are going to be like nope you know if we did if we have a disagreement i'm breaking the tie and i'm going to make that decision um kevin kind of brought up a his tinfoil hat kind of theory <laughs> so i i have to bring up mine everybody um, has a tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> well, we, we got many here on third and Fur. we have a lot and so can, can you just maybe, you know, reason with us a little bit here. Can you talk about how the NFL might be telling officials maybe if if things are a little close, maybe let's keep it, keep games close if you can to keep, for, you know, for viewership, you know, for and entertainment. We can, it we is can cut through what he's saying here. He says yes. that the Packers get no calls. Oh, or no, they no. get all the calls, I, rather, and I, they don't, don't put get words any in my flags. Mouth. I didn't allude that to that. I'm he just was saying, posting charts on Twitter earlier just, today, actually, I'm to that effect. I'm just saying, you know, for the drama, the NFL, they have to love, the, you know, games that that go down to the wire, everyone. It's it's ridiculous to not acknowledge that. Like, it's, it's well, about, it's, you know. The NFL wants close games. I mean, that's that's a fact, right? Who wants to watch a game forty-two nothing? I watch enough college football where sometimes I mean, I'm like, the winning team ah. might want that, but right, the winning team. Yeah. But if, if I'm watching, and maybe the winning team's fans, but if you've got, you know, if you've got a casual fan, or you have people that don't have anything invested in the in the individual teams, then you want exciting games. You want close games. You want close finishes. That's what makes the NFL so popular. So it's not, and look, and I, my brother is the biggest conspiracy theorist ever. He <laughs> thinks it's, he thinks it's all fixed. He thinks, he thinks that I was on the take when I was at the league office <laughs> and I can't tell anyone because there's something bad will happen to a family member. If I, if I basically, if I give up the, the, the beans. So yeah. he, he shouldn't want you to tell anyone that. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, and, and I play along with him. I'm like, do you really want to really say something? Know? Do you really want to know? Cause there's a van waiting outside your house. So, so here's the thing. There's, believe me, if, if there's any conspiracy, they didn't put me, they didn't, they didn't loop me in. And I was in charge of the officials for a while. So I would think I'd be an integral part of that. Um, I just think sometimes it's, it's again, you have human beings. I, I've had two separate coaches tell me the same thing in two separate conversations. Bill Belichick and Jim Galwell both told me the same thing. They said, look, there, there are three groups that affect games. There's coaches, there's players, there's officials. 
coaches coaches make the most mistakes players make the next most and officials make the least right and it's just it's just we're human beings no one's perfect and it just happens that way so sometimes you know you you can't some of the stuff you just can't script right you just even if if you said this is going to happen i'd be like you're crazy that's so far-fetched and then it happens so um it's just it's just the game is it's it's a great game and and yeah the nfl wants close games um, and you're going to make rules to ensure that it's competitive, that it's fair, that you have parity. Um, you know, you don't you don't have the same teams winning the Super Bowl every year. You have new teams making the playoffs every year, and that and that's what's happened with the NFL. And I think it, it's a it's a result of the game being so good and, and some of the rules changes that keep it that way. Dean was winking through that entire answer. If you're not watching, <laughs> if you're just listening, so I just want to. It's right. That there. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah, you know, I I think that. You know, this year, like I've we've seen, you know, we we talked about with taunting and with other with penalties, there has been a, it's never like an egregious increase, but I have noted like this year, just kind of looking up just numbers. You know, last year in the conference championship, there were seventeen on average, so that inflates it, so that makes the season average for last year of twenty twenty postseason included thirteen point oh one. Uh, or zero one penalties in a yeah. game, and, and penalties this year, are up this year. They're this up. year, yeah. you know, we're on just under fifteen, and and I, I have to. It's hard not to say. Well, with the new, you know, with taunting, that's thirty penalties right there. This in ten weeks, which some better but, than others. They've cooled down. Eight, eight in week two was a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but because I, I, it's a new rule, they don't. It's different for every official. I feel like they have and, their own version. Yeah. And how the, do you the, feel about taunting? Dude? The, yeah. The, the, the taunting and look, this is sportsmanship, so it's important. It's important to the yeah. league. And I think what we've gotten to is we may have gotten a little bit beyond what the competition committee intended. I think, and that's anytime you give the officials that mandate, you say this is a point of emphasis. We have to strictly enforce this. Sometimes you're going to get calls that maybe are a little bit overboard. I think if you stick to the in-your-face stuff, the stuff that is absolutely taunting, you give the officials some discretion. They understand what's taunting and they understand what's normal emotion of the game and normal Mm -hmm. trash talk. If you give them that discretion, they do a good job. This year, they felt like there were some things that needed to be cleaned up. Anytime you emphasize something, you're going to see fouls go up. But if you think about it, 30 taunting calls in – in what 10 weeks that's yeah. that's that's three a week that's not moving the needle in terms of going from oh. 13 to 15 what's moving the needle this year is offensive holding because last year they weren't calling it at the normal numbers they were letting a lot of offensive holding go and this year they've kind of tightened it back up and they and they've, they're back where it really has been the last 10 15 20 years so i think that's what's moved the needle but certainly there's more taunting calls because it's a point of emphasis and some you know, some I disagree with, some I think are good. And, and uh, you know, the sportsmanship stuff is important. It's just the player safety and sportsmanship. Those are like the two pillars um, in terms of NFL. Yeah, and especially with time, like as you said, football is a game of emotion. Like yeah. you want to, you make a big splash play or a big play, you should be able to show your emotion about that. As long as it's not like directly directed at a opponent you know like, like throwing like, someone's shoe or something you know like that. if just it were if it were actually exactly you know yeah. you got to, otherwise 
players are going to be like you don't we don't want to watch a bunch of people being like oh i made a play let me go right back to my huddle like yeah and we we understand that as a vikings fan you especially with the vikings who are not that good when they make a big play they should <laughs> oh, be able oh, they should be able to celebrate a little more whereas the packers have been there done that it's less you know less of a hey, thing we're right? the only we're the only team in the nfl to lead a game every game by at least seven points at one that, point. I yeah. saw that stat. So, I, was, I mean, hey, man. <laughs> I know. saw that stat and I, I was amazed. But here's the thing they're so good on the opening drive, they get a seven nothing lead and then they give it up in the last two minutes of the first half. Yeah, Clint Kubiak might not have been the option there. That might have been a little too much nepotism happening. But I'm, you know, we, we, we get so many NFC games. I'm an NFC. I love the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings. I'm always the Bears. We do so many of those games. I'm definitely, I'm all about it. Are you? Do you? Uh, I know you're from. You're from the Long Island area. Are you? Yeah. Philly, are you a fan of? I mean, do you have roots to any? Of I those? I grew up a Giants fan. I okay. grew up a Giants fan. All yeah. Right. All right. Just wanted to make sure and see because it's it's been a tough tough stretch for it, a lot of those it, teams. It has been very tough. It's been <laughs> tough since what 2011. I'm not gonna lie, but you know when I was in officiating, it's less. You really kind of lose because you're dealing with people. It's tough to be a Giants fan when Tom Coughlin calls you and is calls you every name in, in the book. Like, <laughs> it's tough to say, Hey, good luck coach. You know, I, I hope you guys, but you know, and, and he's awesome by the way, but yeah, now that I'm with Fox sports, you know, now I'm, you know, I like to see the giants do well and, and I'm hoping they can, they can, you know, turn it around. Yeah. yeah. And this podcast is half pro, uh, you know, Danny dimes. So, you know, there's a little bit of support here. The jury's still out. You I don't know. Wavering in your Danny dimes. Support. I, never so, I don't know. But um, I, I, I had a couple quick hit questions yep. real quick because I think yeah. we're kind of running up on time a little bit. So I wanted to kind of rapid fire. These are all very serious, Dean. Uh, the first one, are Ed Hockley's arms as impressive in real life as they are on broadcasts? You know, um, and I hope Ed doesn't hear this. They're, t- they're not as impressive in real life. I, oh, I think TV, so disappointing. You know, TV, Sorry, adds, TV adds, right? It adds like 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. He, they look bigger on TV. The so all in the arms. arms. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, next one. Have you and Mike Pereira ever considered some sort of buddy cop comedy franchise? I, you know what? I would love it. I would love that. I'm such a big fan of that whole genre. I, he's like the old stodgy, like yeah. old school guy. And I could be thought the, it'd be retirement, you know? Yeah, and I could be, it could be like a, a, a happier, friendlier version of Seven. Yes, exactly. And he's Morgan Freeman, like that, you know? Yeah. Or, but it's just, a, it's a better vibe. There's not like like bot heads in, in boxes or anything. There, There's the headline for this. Dean Blandino likens himself to Brad Pitt. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect, you know? Well, this you kind go. of fits with the third question and the final <laughs> quick hit question. Uh, an ESPN article from 2015 called you, quote, young, handsome, and Italian. Uh, which of those adjectives would you say you're the most proud of? Well, I'm I'm probably most proud of uh, my Italian heritage. And we joke, I don't know, you guys, you know, Governor Cuomo in New York, he had a, a, a line before he was ousted that he's not a pervert, he's Italian. So we just we just use that all the time now. Like yeah. whatever you do something wrong, hey, I'm not this, I'm Italian. So I'm, I'm probably most proud of that. Yeah, 2015 Italian is a little bit different than 2021 Italian, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we uh, like I said, I know we talked. You don't, you don't have a, a ton of time, but like I, we cannot be as appreciative as possible here. I mean, with you taking the time out of your schedule and I know like mid season, I'm sure I don't even want to know what your schedule is like a lot of the time where you're just bouncing around and, and uh, having to, you know, 
script up on your game tape. I feel like you got to refs have to watch game tape, right? Like they have to, 100%. you know, that know refs, teams tendencies, what to look for. And like, exactly. that's unheard of or like un, unspoken. A lot of casual fans don't realize that. They don't understand that. They don't understand how much time they put in. They are scouting teams. They're looking at a lot of film. They spend hours upon hours. They're not technically full time because football games are only played once a week. Right. Mm. But during the week, they they spend so much time looking at film, having conference calls on Zooms, breaking it down, thinking, look, looking at, hey, we're going to work the Vikings Packers this week. We're going to look at tendencies, formations, anything that's going to give them, a, a, you know, an edge to, to, to be able to anticipate. So a lot of work goes into it. Yeah, well, and maybe we'll see you this weekend because there's a, a bit of a contentious game for this podcast happening on Sunday. We'll see. I mean, when one team's the least penalized and one team's the most penalized this year, we probably meet in the middle somewhere. So I hope I'm on that. I hope I'm on that game, and I'd love to come back and spend more time with you guys. Maybe after a controversial play involving oh, yeah. it won't involve the Packers because they get the calls. It'll involve hey, the there it is obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so like like we would love that. You're welcome anytime. Thank you so much for coming on third and forever everyone. I mean, if you don't follow Dean Blandino already on Twitter, like I don't, I don't know what else to tell you, but it's at Dean Blandino. Um, you know, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. You see him every Sunday. He's, he's watching the game with you and analyzing it with you. So, um, Dean, thank you so much. Um, best of luck the rest of the season. Thanks guys. You too. All right. Last week we saw the end. We were talking about with OJ or OJ, Jesus, OBJ. You, you missed a letter there. OBJ. Yeah. Um, the juice is loose. Uh, no, OBJ. <laughs> the Rams where... have signed OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. No, OBJ. OJ actually was in the news with that weird video where he got like swerved by a girl who he went in for a kiss and she denied him. I want a welfare check on that girl right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone's heard from her since. Yeah, um, it's not good. But yeah. but back to actual relevant things. OBJ was released from the Browns, as we talked about, and it was speculating where he's going to go. Well, that came to a head. We found out he was signing with new, who else but the L.A. Rams, just because, you know, fuck it. They're all in. They paid him a couple of first-round draft picks just out of habit. Yeah. Um, and this is this is good, though, because... I get to I get to come back. Yeah, I but, get to come but, back but home now to where I was. You have your quarterback openly like saying that they he wanted OBJ. Yeah, and he wanted OBJ, and you know Aaron's entitled to be wrong as we've covered extensively <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Um, OBJ is washed and doesn't matter and oh, is irrelevant oh, and sucks. And it does kind of. I mean, the timing was nothing short of freaky because what like the day after he well, signed it, it it was the day he signed it happened in this practice we find yeah. out and then it went like a full day cuz he robert woods old bob trees he practiced the rest of the day like he went down like on a jet sweeper an end around and he kind of went down kind of grabbed his knee got up finished the rest of practice and then it was like all right let's get him tested and it finds out that yeah no he tore his acl so it could not have come at better timing, Yikes. I guess. I, I mean, it could, I don't know if I want to say it's it was never good. good it's never good timing. To tear your ACL. It's never good but, timing, but at the same time, it could be, you know, it, it, it was it's not, good it was that just he went bizarre there. Yeah. For the most part, like yeah. that you, you know, you think you signed this aging wide receiver as kind of a luxury piece to help on a Super Bowl run. And then that same day, your number two guy tears his ACL in a freak accident and in practice. Not, and not only is Robert Woods extremely valuable in the pass game, but he's, by far, probably their best run blocking receiver, one of the best in the NFL, and 
that's such a big part of their offense. And and Odell is just so good at run blocking. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I think it's also funny like we talk about aging because they're they're literally the same age. They're both aging. Yeah. Time is flowing forward. They are getting older by the minute. Yeah. Believe it or by not, the second. believe it or not, OBJ is younger than Bob Trees. So I just had wow. to make that up. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. By like six months or something. I like stand that. by what I yeah, said. Yeah. Like five or six months. He's younger than him. Um, more, you know. So I, I, that's what happens. It's the Brandon Cooks effect. When a player moves teams, he ages like three years. Yeah. So OBJ feels like, oh, he's like 33, 32. Well, also, o- OBJ has that, the one play that put him on the map, the one hand. Well, I mean, he, no, he but did I, have a phenomenal... No, but I'm saying he has career. that play, and I remember that was a long time ago. And so yeah. I think that OBJ, like, you, you know, gun to my head, like, how long has Robert Woods been in the league? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I get, well, I guess he would be in six, seven years probably, but yeah, but you had to look yeah. that up just now. Right. Like, I, I, have, I, I have a benchmark of the OBJ I mean, play. That, that's how I feel like with like Doug Baldwin. Like I was always like, he's, I, I could never tell you when he was drafted, but he was just there always. And that's how I feel with Robert Woods. I mean, Doug Baldwin's still kind of there. He just changed his name to Tyler Lockett. It's <laughs> very, very different, but yes. <laughs> no. Um, so that was some big news. And then also in another ACL news, Chase Young, uh, yeah, he, yikes. he tore his ACL as well. So he's done, um, kind of some big names. Chase Young, obviously a big name. Um, it was, everything's going week. wrong with Washington and it just, of course this happens. Well, not I mean, everything, but, uh, it's no, a big but, week for my, uh, bionic ACL idea that I've been trying to pitch to, <laughs> I, I don't know who would make a bionic ACL, but whoever would, I mean, Elon Musk. Yeah, if Elon yeah. Musk can, you know, Elon, stop going to space for five seconds <laughs> yeah. and invent a bionic ACL, yeah, I, that I'd consider that a public service. <laughs> the bionic ACL by it, Tesla. It's, it's taking football <laughs> players off the field. It's making the product worse. <laughs> oh, um, all right. Let's that's it. Kind of it for the news, really. Um, because there hasn't really been anything new developments. Going yeah, on. as opposed to last week where we talked about yeah. news for about you know an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go into the games. Let's, let's start. You started Ours, a, a little my, yeah. bit first, Although 20 it, minutes and it, earlier. And it barely got done. Like, they were, you know, yours almost passed it in time because, like, they were just... I mean, mine felt like it lasted seven days. Yeah. So we'll start with yours, and then we'll go into mine. Yes. Yours, was, yours had more of an emotional impact on you. Right. Well, because, like, the, I mentioned last week, you know, being four and five and three and six feels drastically different it's, like it's a fractions game yeah and three and six is half yeah. four and five is 80 percent. yeah and it's it's one of those things like we're right on the right on the cusp obviously we're you know half a game back in the wild card and not i mean really and we have that over the panthers who are currently five and five and in that seventh spot because we beat them head to head so we end up with the same record and they're the ones we have to compete with we're in the playoffs and they're not so this it, it feels like this is you know, it was a must needed win. Like at this stage, you know, when you have five losses in going into this week, eight weeks, um, or eight games, you, your room for error is drastically shrunken. Like you, you can't really do a whole lot, even with that added game this year and with 17 games, say 16. Um, and, and obviously with, with what we have next, you know, what we have this upcoming week and how, if we were to lose, you know, the division was basically decided and even, you know, with the loss, which we'll get into in the preview loss this week, probably decided the division as well. Um, 
But at this stage, it's just a it's nice to win one of those games where it literally was following the script like every game has this year yeah, to a, a T until like late in the fourth. Yeah. And, and then it, it changed. It was and different. I feel like this is also, you know, it's a good win for the Vikings in that, you know, you obviously just from a pure numbers record standpoint, you know, you talk about four and five, three and six. Mm. The Chargers, well, not. I wouldn't call them a good team, but they're not a bad team. Oh no, yeah, they, they've had a bad stretch. They're one and three in their last four. Um, after getting off to like a four and one scorching start, everyone's yeah. talking about Herbert as MVP talks, and you know they've they've been in a bit of a tailspin. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just kind of getting away from what Herbert does well, and you know Eckler kind of banged up here and there. But this, I mean, this was the best defensive performance that we've had this season. I thought, you know, the second half against Seattle was great, but we're seeing who Seattle kind of is at this stage. Um, I, I got some thoughts about that, but and, we'll, we'll yeah, and, and so, but the, this one, you know, it's at LA and yes, you know, the Chargers quote have a unquote at LA, yeah, but, but they do have their number. Their fan numbers are increasing. I mean, that's what's going to happen when you have a guy like Justin Herbert as your new franchise. I mean, piece. they almost can't go down. And, and so, they true, but so hey, there was still a very healthy amount of Vikings fans there. So it didn't, it wasn't like a true away game, so to speak, but it's still, you know, it's an away game and you're not, you're away from home. You're on the West coast, which your team knows all about the traveling to the West coast. I have how, no idea how negative impacts. About. And so, and, and there's a lot of weapons that they have on both sides of the ball. And, well, and this this was a feed Justin Jefferson kind of game. Yeah, th- this was one where Justin Jefferson made, I don't know how many. I mean, well, yeah, obviously he had nine catches, 143 yards on 11 targets, no touchdowns, but um, the only two went to Conklin around the goal line. But just the number of targets. But just the number of targets. And that's something because he only had, I think, nine total targets in the last like two weeks combined. And, you know, this was one where. Finally, we're just like, just throw it up to him one-on-one coverage. They kept going in one-on-one with him. And what he has shown in his young career is don't do that. Like, he's going to win those matchups most of the time. Yeah. And so I think this was one where he made so many holy shit catches and just plays along the sideline and in the intermediate game where he just gets separation middle of the field. It, it You know, it's – you can't really ask for much more than that. I mean, he – Well, if and if we're going to talk about – uh, Justin Jefferson and sidelines. Um, I'd like to congratulate you. He has finished. He has emerged from his cocoon as a beautiful <laughs> Stefan Diggs butterfly. He's the same exact fucking dude. Um, and I'm on the record now. I think that Stefan Diggs got less crazy after he, you know, got traded uh, to Buffalo. <laughs> In this game, Justin You're just Jefferson. Not watching. How many Buffalo Bills games do you watch? I watch all of them. No, you don't. I watch every no, single you one. You don't. He's I watch the all player. twenty-two to just oh just to gosh. hone in on Stephon Diggs and how crazy he's being. <laughs> okay. But uh, Justin Jefferson caught a ball in this game on the Chargers sideline, and like kind of his momentum carried him into the sideline, and he walked up to Keenan Allen sitting on the bench, not a care in the world, <laughs> probably thinking about what he's going to do with the rest of his Sunday, and flipped the ball at him, which, A, taunting. I mean, that should have been... Zimmer addressed that. That should have been a 45-yard taunting penalty. That is... Zimmer addressed that in in his press conference today where he talked (laughs) about we we got away with a taunting call that probably should have been called. 
or a taunting that probably should have been called. And then also Jefferson acknowledged it because they brought it up to him. And he said, he's like, nah, like, you know, there's, there is nothing, there was no like anything ill towards that. Or like him and like, uh-huh. he, he literally says like him, like Keenan and I are, are buds like that. He's like, then no. Why? Cause like, it was all like, he goes like Keenan was smiling at me. And so that's why like, I bet Keenan was like, what are, what are no, you, you doing? You don't, you can't say that because you don't see Keenan Allen's face. I'm like, I'm, I don't think Justin Jefferson's like, I'm going to lie here. I know, believe it or not. He didn't need to try to withhold the truth or skirt the truth to work out in his favor like a certain player on your team did to the media. Yes, yes. Justin Jefferson flipping a ball at a player is the same as Aaron Rodgers getting vaccinated or not. You're that, right, but he lied. He didn't lie about it. I don't no, I don't but, I don't think he did. But what I'm saying, I mean, I don't know. If you were Keenan Allen, I I would have been confused. And I think kind of Justin Jefferson I don't think he was because like they were made they were like he was he's obviously it's not like he was like but, but my why point, would he do this to me my point is that his ascension <laughs> to diva wide receiverdom oh my is is complete and you know now we get to see where that goes because he is talented enough to back it up um you don't see jalen rager out here doing any of that shit Boy, he, he better not he never catches the ball <laughs> But I was just he could wish that he could go for nine for one forty three. Yeah, and and we'll get into you know my game where there were receivers and DBs fighting, but that's what I'm more used to. Whereas this receiver on receiver angst, it's like you're never on the field at the same time. I just don't get it. Well, you know, it's because of all the all the shit that was talked about by Chargers. Does Keenan Allen know about that? Yeah, every he's, every he's kind of old. He might about, not know no. about the tweets. No, every everyone every knows player, what goes on. Every player knows about the Twitter beef between the Chargers no, I'm and saying, the Vikings. If, if you're involved in said Twitter beef, you're gonna know about it. Like that's that's eh. asinine to be like, what is this? I don't know. Like maybe players he's a TikTok know. guy. Who players knows? know they have like social media people. Like they they know what's going on in the chatter around them. Especially where it's like this game was so satisfying because all offseason, you know, Chargers fans, they were, you know, with all the drama about Justin Herbert winning offensive rookie of the year, just make it a quarterback award. Um, and then nine you have, quarterbacks have won that award five of the last nine years. Go on. I'm just saying Justin Herbert's records are going to be broken within the next year or two. Yeah. But Justin Fields, it's just Justin's ever. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I, I just saying like in the scope of most, most impressive, we already talked about this enough. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but then, you know, they have the, you had Chargers fans coming in being like, or even like, and it wasn't even Chargers fans. I think it was the Chargers like main Twitter account was talking mm-hmm. about like the Madden ratings came out and Keenan Allen, yeah. who's like a seven or eight year starter or seven or eight year player has a higher starting or overall rating at the beginning of the season than Justin Jefferson, who's a second year guy. But and I, like, I think it's as ridiculous to brag about that as it is to get mad and say it should be flipped. I'm not saying it should be flipped. I'm just saying it's like they're like boasting like, oh, but his Madden rating. And then everyone's like, what? And then in this in this game, it's like for him to go off like this, I think, I mean, it's just icing on the cake. And, yeah, you know. Well, and how did you feel about, because watching this game, because I kind of had them both on, um, you know, on different screens, mm-hmm. I could tell that Mike Zimmer's seat is not cool. Yeah. Um, there was a marked difference in the aggressiveness, the kind of passing game, you know, utilization, and yep. more deep shots, more medium shots. I mean, there was a fucking fake punt that 
ended up getting blown dead right as the ball got snapped. Yeah, but which I'm kind of glad. I didn't look like a whole lot was there, but I also at the same time, like, like, he's done that before and he made nothing out of something or something out of nothing. And it's yeah. like, but, but it, it's, but it's a it, clear departure. Well, and it also for, for first of all, not really sure why that was blown dead. Like they, cause they did the, like the it. back judge, like wasn't set, but like something. everyone, it was all like it, it, the ref, the the head official already gave it the all good to go, and that's when they snapped it. And then it's like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. I guess one guy wasn't saying it's like, okay. I, I'm going like, to blow you out of the water here. Um, some NFL officials are not the most physically fit specimens, oh, and it takes them a long time to get where they need to go. I, I am shocked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and so this was a game where, like I said, it followed the same criteria, and it was I'm literally living in a simulation every Sunday where it's just we play the same game, just different colors I'm looking at. And it, it, near the end of the fourth quarter, I was terrified. Like I was like, this is this is not good. But the fact that we held them only to a field goal in the fourth, and I was like, okay, we're up by seven. And they gave us back. I'm like, maybe we can do something. And then we had back-breaking penalties, which I just like, shit. We got into a long third down, and that's when – Kirk threw it to Jefferson along the sideline where he made an unbelievable catch where he was also interfered with, but it didn't matter. He caught it and they threw a challenge that, on it. That was, they challenged it. And I'm not going to say that I thought he didn't catch it, but I was hoping that like, there was like just enough there because if I was the ref, I probably would have said catch two, but I was like, yeah. maybe it moved just like a little bit. I, mean, I got the, my hopes the, up. The thing, yeah. It's like he, a, it's one of those things where I think Staley just had to challenge because he's like, no way. Like it yeah, was, there's, there's like, like a, a 5% chance that it gets like overturned, yeah. but it's worth it. Yeah. And, and then we you know we got backed up again by penalties and had a, uh, I think it was like a third and 20 and it's like, okay, we're on the other back on the other side of midfield. And this is where I thought I, there were several times in this last drive. I was like, here comes a fucking, you know, draw player, a throw it out in the flat and hopefully get, you know, eight back and punt it away and hope the defense hangs on again. But we actually, you know, called it a, a deep in route to Thielen basic almost right at the sticks and Kirk had to step up and just threw a bullet into this in the middle of the field and Thielen took some you know contact in the air he held on and gave us the fourth and two and if you don't get it to fourth and two you don't have an option like if, if it's like fourth and five fourth and six and you're like by midfield yeah up by seven you're probably not gonna go like unless you're a crazy son of a bitch like i feel like zimmer might have gone in this game anyway because like i yeah, said this well, was wild zimmer yeah and, and this is one where you know the fourth and two you the playbook is completely opened up as we saw we were able to run it and um you know this was one where it's not like it was a given i mean dalvin was under four yards i think a carry in this game there were hard fought yards um you know we were getting he had some really nice runs but it's not like he had like gashing runs, and so Which is weird because Chargers not a good run defense. So I'm really not sure what to make of it. It was just you know beating a, like he's having to face contact right in the trenches instead of at that second level. So it's an offensive line. Oh well, yeah, it, it's been that. I mean, what, not, yeah, what else is new? Not I guess. getting a general push. I mean that, and I feel so not confident if we need to get like a yard. Like if it's like fourth in a yard and we run up the middle, I feel zero confidence. Yeah, Delvin Cook has to lead the league this year in like goal line stuffs. Yeah, well, it's because 
our offensive line, it's impo- there it's impossible for them to like get push. I don't know if it's like a a strength issue or if it's like technique where they're just not getting good footing to start and they kind of just get blown off the line and, mm-hmm. and they have to try to make that up for it again and I don't know but either way like they're really good in like zone blocking schemes where they kind of have some you know opening up holes with pulls and and sweeps and whatnot and letting Dalvin kind of work his way and find the hole but if if it's a play where the defense is just coming down on you and they know you have to you're going right up the middle you're kind of fucked and so I, I this was one where it's just like I said, it's not necessarily a season a season saving win, but it was. I mean, it, it we needed it obviously after the stretch we've had. We continue to be lead the NFL. We are the only team in the NFL to have a seven point lead at least in every single game. That's that's not a great stat considering our record. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like we have been in these games where. They all follow this, where we build up a lead, we let teams score right before the half. I saw a, a stat where it said 26% of all points surrendered by the Vikings in 2021 occur in the final two minutes of the first half. That's ridiculous, considering how little time actually is in the final two minutes in the scope of the whole game. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know, man. I And that's a weird thing, like getting to the locker room early, but I was happy with it. I mean... Kirk had another good game. Um, I was happy with it as well because if you guys would have lost that game, this week would be a trap game, and it's no longer a trap I game. I still think it was a little bit of a trap game. I, I mean, know. like it's maybe it's a little bit, but it's definitely it's not as less. much as last year. Yeah, yeah, it's not as much as last year's, but um, I I don't know. I mean, it's still you know we're going to be an underdog at home. That I consider that. You know, anytime you're an away it's, favorite, it's it can be a trap. trap game. It's trapish, but it's not. It's not quite there. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I had just, I, I did note that, or I did notice that Kirk was wearing his white wedding ring band. He's the, he's where he's the guy that like wears the, uh, the athletic bands or whatever. When he plays, he doesn't take his wedding ring off. Your quarterback like a rubber is so one. cool. Um, yeah, dude, he loves, what's uh, it like to Julia. have a quarterback who's married? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll get there one day. <laughs> well, maybe he should be married to the game. <laughs> uh, but so here's, here's some splits over his career. With with his wedding ring, the black ring, he is 21, 25, and one, 12,395 yards, 66.7% completion percentage, 78 touchdowns, 42 interceptions, 7.4 yards per attempt, and that's an average for yards, 269, nice, yards per game. Uh, white ring, he is 34 of 28 and one, uh, record 17,091 yards, 68.4% completion percentage, 122 touchdowns. It's only 31 interceptions, 7.8 yards per attempt. And that's 271 yards per game. So if you see him wearing a white ring. Yeah. I I don't, I don't remember the first set of numbers you said, or now the second it's, it's already gone out the other year, but the, your tone makes me think that white is better. It's, it is. It's significantly better. It's significantly better. So what I figured. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, let's, let's hope the white ring stays. I don't know if we're going to find out. I, I, I'm going to take all the weird juju help I can get. And so, um, is that ring made of crystals? No, no, it's not. Danica um, would be disappointed. No. You got it. You got it actually from Olivia Munn. So that's definitely not made of crystals. Then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to your game. So last week I want, I want to apologize at the beginning for, of, to America of talking this, about or? this. 
I mean, to the world, I guess. I mean, yeah. you can get this podcast anywhere. Um, no, I want to apologize. For watching this game to America for having this game happen. Oh, I, I have no control over the game, but was, I want to apologize for... I wasn't entirely honest, and I didn't even know it at the time, but last week I said that I don't hate the Seahawks as much as I used to. And maybe as much as I used to is still true, but the spirit of that sentence is not true at all. Um, and I realized that shortly into this game. I think the Seahawks... And I feel like this is one of the the rare areas where we can kind of agree. They're a very hateable football team. Oh yeah, I I, I well I my biggest annoyance is their fans. Well, like, the, the fans and the whole twelve man bullshit came out yeah. like in twenty thirteen, and that was it. Like we never mm-hmm. saw them before. It's like the like the beast. Like I I don't have any problem with the Seahawks fans of like when Beast Mode was born. You know yeah. when they get when they had like Matt Hasselbeck. Like I was like, oh, they're cute. I'm like I, I I don't mind them. You get a little more street it's, cred it's for that. It's as soon as they started going in these this neon in their yep. jerseys, I just I don't like their fans at all. I don't. No, I don't know, and man. their fans are bad, and their players they just have a knack for you know I remember this is a bad look R- for DK Richard being a Sherman thick, back guy. in the day, and you fast forward to now, and it's not it's not different. You know Carlos Dunlap. Got a 15 yard penalty for throwing a man's it's a gator, shoe. It's a gator thing, man. And it's and the thing gator. is, I don't want to <laughs> you know? say the whole game hinged around the shoe being thrown, but, but it like led to a touchdown. Drive. It was a third and it, short. Yeah. It led to a touchdown in a one. very low scoring game. Yeah. It was. A, it was. It, I think pretty sure it was three zero at that point. Yeah, and it led to a touchdown. And it was just the the the, the least forced an error could be. I just there's a yeah. shoe right here, and he just went fuck I, it. Yeah, it, it was it. it was Jenkins shoe, right? Yeah, I think, and he's just I could see him. He's just like what. Yeah, like, he's that's, like, why? And because that happened. Remember, I remember that happening when Florida played like LSU. I think a couple years ago, yeah. or yet last year, maybe, maybe, might have been. And uh, one of the Florida defensive backs got so pumped, he just grabbed a shoe and just hucked it. Yeah, and they ended up losing that game. And I'm like, it's a Florida. It's a like, like stop, why? stop throwing shoes. Like, it's like who throws a shoe? Yeah, like, and come then, on. And then you have you know at the end of the game, DK Metcalf, all 26 yards of his production, great showing by him. Um, and he was obviously frustrated, and he's mm-hmm. kind of a little crybaby, and he starts grabbing. I I think he grabbed. Uh, I forget what his first name is. Last name is Black. He's like a you know Henry, late, Henry, Henry Black. Black yeah. yeah, he's like a, a deeper DB mm-hmm. on the Packers. I think he was mad because he's 41, and DK's like, I have those numbers in a different order, and he got really upset. <laughs> And it just caused this whole scuffle that ended in him getting ejected. Well, he grabbed another player's. Yeah, he grabbed like three different face masks yeah, he in like kept, he just 30 kept seconds. Face masks. Yeah, I'm like, which is like the most high profile thing you can do. It's so fitting that he like ha- has like a pacifier. Yeah. as his mouth guard because he's just such like a little baby. And dude. then he tried to come back out in the huddle. Like yeah, maybe no, they won't know what's DK. Mean. You are the most noticeable person out. Like, yeah, like he's like a fourth string wide receiver, yeah. you know, normal looking guy, no. and not DK fucking Metcalf. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the Girl other MK Detcalf coming out there, <laughs> just. And, and then the other member of the Seahawks that's easy to hate is Blitzboy Jamal Adams. Yeah, who, to his credit, got, got an, interception. an interception, his first <laughs> in like three fucking years yeah. as a defensive back. And after his interception, do you know what he did? Another, another wildly uncharacteristic Aaron Rodgers interception. By the way, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. Like that he was, was. That as was he's like kind of being like about to get hit, he just. Says fuck it and throws it. Yeah, up the end zone. I I didn't know what I uh, I I was not a fan of that. But then after tough. he catches that interception, Jamal Adams did the belt. Yeah. What when the discount double check? When when will you learn yeah. that your actions have consequences? I can't remember a player doing the belt and it not 
ending in a loss. It's like eight in a row now. And yeah. I'm sure at some point, but it's like it defies probability and statistics that it just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, those those three guys, and then you know it all comes from the top. Pete Carroll on a radio show on Monday complaining about the loss, saying that it was because of the refs. There, there were a couple of things. all the people to complain about officials there, there, deciding the outcome of a game. There were a couple things that I was Pete like, uh, I don't know, like no. it, it could have gone either way. The 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 Kevin King interception was the only one that I thought I, they I got wrong. I, all I'm gonna say is if. If you're saying that the fumble that Rodgers recovered that fumble like that quickly, then Golden Tate definitely caught the ball. I don't know how those are related at all. I'm just saying, like in terms of like possession, because that was what I was at debating about it. It's like having a share of possession because they're saying that Rodgers. I don't think that it was a clear recovery. No, it, like, but there wasn't a clear recovery either way, and it was ruled Rodgers initially. Yeah, they reviewed it; they couldn't overturn it. I mean, it's just the audacity of Pete Carroll after the fail Mary to be out there saying the league says we won, we won. Not, you know, not acknowledging the bullshit at all. And then to come out here and bitch on a radio show on a Monday morning, I just, I, no, I have I, no time I, I for that guy. I He's an say absolute that that's clown. the reason they lost. The reason they lost is because they didn't score any points. Well, in their offense, A, Russell Wilson came back too early. Yes. And maybe you should sleep for some of those 19 hours that you're rehabbing. How do you rehab um, a finger? Like, what are you just staring at it? Like, he's hoping like, it gets he, better? He's doing some, like, fucking, like, the kick flips with like the little yeah, skateboard. Yeah, he's like tech like, deck dude. Tech deck, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just like doing that like 19 <laughs> hours a day. Like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, no, I, I, the thing I is what I noticed is that this, the Packers defense has been on a really good run lately. And the average, I saw a thing where it said the average like defender from the line of scrimmage was 16 yards away. Yeah, it's a um, Joe Barry system. And, and, and they give you the underneath. Yeah. The Seahawks, cannot go underneath they like if you're an underneath route team you have to be very precise and very time friendly with your offense and the seahawks just aren't that they are ones that they have misdirection with deep crossers or they have double moves that get a guy deep along the sideline to like dk or lock it coming from one side of the field all the way to the other and russell throws a moon ball they don't have the ability to, or any of the personnel that are able to go underneath the linebackers and catch a ball in traffic. Yeah. And have these long sustained drives and they can't do it. And so I think this was the worst possible matchup for them. And it's one that like, keep in mind, Joe Barry, you know, came from the, from the Rams, very familiar with, uh, with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And so I think that this is one where it's like, you know, them struggling so much on offense part, with Russell Wilson coming back from an injury um, to his throwing hand, like no shit, like they're going to struggle. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah. And I almost like, I, th- it, it I expected be, them to score some points, but yeah. it might be hot takey, but like, I think they would have had a better shot in this game with Gino because yeah. Russell just, he, you know, his accuracy, it didn't appear to be there on the deep balls. He almost threw like three or four interceptions. Well, all to Adrian Amos. What I noticed too, is he, what he's so good at is like, I kind of liken it to like, sandbox football like where he a play is happening and pressure comes comes around him and he's one of the he was one of the great running backs or quarterbacks of being like nothing's there all right last last option is run it and you know he runs only when he needs to he doesn't really try to do that anymore he has been he's trying to just stand in the pocket and throw and 
he doesn't have the personnel or they don't have the offensive scheme to do that. They need him to do a lot of improvising and he's is just not doing it anymore. And so it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I think he was, I still think uh, like a hobbled Russell Wilson's gonna be better than Geno Smith, but it was just weird. But, but a hobbled a, Russell Wilson, Russell's such a freak that like, he doesn't accept the fact that he's hobbled and he's like, no, I rehabbed for 19 hours a day yeah. or whatever. I, I'm going to still take those shots. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything Pete Carroll could or would say to dissuade him from that, especially when they're down. I mean, the first, the interception he threw, it was when they went down 10, nothing. And he thought, fuck it. We're going to get it all back in one play. It was the first play. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And he just, he just threw it up. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the Seahawks season, the way that Russell looks now, he's clearly not healthy. I I, I can't see them one, one, making a with, run with the way the NFC is. They have to now be perfect. I don't. I don't either. I one loss kind of just especially just in that division. Season. I just I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, especially because I I think they still have games against all their division opponents. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, last note for this game, uh, at least for a couple of weeks, it is AJ Dillon's season, boys and girls. Yep. And it could not come at a better time. This last week, the uh, the snows have started to fall across the Midwest, and that is prime A.J. Dillon territory. Now, you know, maybe if this week he has to play in some, you know, pussy-covered uh, football field that never gets any weather of any kind, that, that won't be as big of a deal. But it's time. Uh, get well soon, Aaron Jones. Yep. We're uh, we'll obviously get into the impact of that when we get into the preview, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we didn't really highlight. I mean, there's a bunch of games that we could talk about, but I think we're going to talk a good about about them in segments. So yeah. I think we just go right into segments now. Um, let's do it. Let's start with performance of the week. Um, I don't. You go first because right. I know that you don't have mine. Okay, so I'm going to go, and I got to give it. I think for the first time this year. Giving it to Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Um, this was as needed as possible, like as you could ever need it. And he just torched the Raiders. Yeah, the cure for Patrick Mahomes is, um, you know, make him play Kevin in fucking fantasy football this week. Yeah. <laughs> Had a terrible month, and he just turns around and throws for five freaking like, touchdowns. I think like the highest points in, yeah. in, the, in the league this year. Yeah, it's so just, far. just absurd. Yeah, he uh, went 35 of 50, 406 yards. For 8.1 average uh, per attempt, which is pretty crazy, um, considering the league averages are usually in the mid to low sevens. Uh, Five touchdowns, zero picks, sacked zero times. Um, He was making some just crazy off-platform, you know, like vintage Mahomes He did have one where it's like Daryl Williams making an unbelievable catch, but like that throw is stupid. Like he's running to his right and just jumps jump throws all the way across the body to the left to the end zone from like 30 or 35 yards out. It's just like, it, 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 I mean, it's just one of those things where he had so many where you're like, that's dumb that he did that, but uh, very welcome to see again. Good day from Tyreek Hill, two touchdowns, Kelsey eight for one nineteen. Uh, on 10 targets, Daryl Williams, like I said, 101 yards. So, so the, the Chiefs in general, you're saying. Are yeah, but but it also, it's, you know, it starts with Patrick Mahomes kind of yeah. getting his mojo back and, you know, 41 to 14. So that's my performance of the week. Yeesh. Uh, my performance of the week, um, this is my first ever sarcastic performance of the week. My performance of the week goes to Mr. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, who had the businessiest of business decisions. Uh, yeah. 
I've seen in quite a while. Uh, it was an interception, I believe, right? Or was it a pass and a fumble? Uh, it was a pe- fumble. Yeah. yeah. So the defender picks it up. He's returning it. And Teddy Bridgewater is right there. And I can understand making a business decision, but you gotta, you gotta fake it a little bit. You gotta act. And his reasoning behind it was really bad too. Yeah. He like dipped his shoulder and then went like, eh, and just well, like didn't he, do anything. And he said the reason for it, he goes, I was just, I was trying to push the play back inside and I thought someone else would tackle him. It's like, dude, <laughs> he didn't even react. Like you're not to like what you did. It's one thing if you're like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or you know a yeah. longstanding. Your starting role is never in jeopardy or never in question to do that. But Teddy, you're fighting for a starting role every well, week. You're fighting, and also you can do like a Philip Rivers last year where you just lay down. Yeah. He'll jump over you. Yeah, like I, I, it was the. It was the most egregious business decision yeah. I've seen since, ironically, the guy who came back this week, Cam Newton, yeah. in the Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, it was bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Nathan Bierman Award. I'm going to give it to the what we had to watch on Thursday night last week, uh, just the, the Ravens offense. Um, I know that the Dolphins aren't like a bad, shouldn't have been a bad defense, but like, well, the Yeesh. Dolphins ran two and seven, basically one play on defense over and over. Yeah, and the Ravens just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, they had for un- the entire game. They had under 100 yards. Yeah, um, running the ball. Granted, they're down to you know Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon, the corpse of Le'Veon Bell. Can, can I can I offer you something? Because I watched this game in excruciating detail. Yeah, picked the Ravens in my eliminator this week, so oh, that was no. great. Last minute pivot from the Steelers, though, so it kind of worked out. No. Um, I mean, not really, but yeah. Uh, can you make your Nathan Peterman, Sammy Watkins, who fucking sucks at football and fumbled at the end to just seal it, and that was the only thing he did the entire game? I mean, he's in there. It's in the offense. Okay. But I do want to bring up a thing that I, because of this happening, this has been really weird. I don't know if you noticed this. Um, there, there's been a trend Losing, of teams yeah, yep, I know what you're going. <laughs> that beat the Vikings and they lose immediately the next week. The only team to not do it is the Cardinals because they were playing the Jags, I feel like. But even then, you'd think well, and that the was Ravens, in doubt for a second. Yeah, there was like some it was shenanigans a weird, on low scoring teams. game. Yeah. And like, I, if you lose, all I can say is I, I'm sorry um, to anyone that beats us next and that happens to play a week after. It's not going to be good. Just chalk it up as a loss. So let me let me check something real quick here. <laughs> who you guys play next that's week? The, that's what the schedule is going to be. It so doesn't got, matter because the Ravens lost the Dolphins, which no. Oh, one we got thought. we got Rams next week. Oh <laughs> no, man! No. All right, this might this trend might continue. Oh, so um, yeah. So that's your Nathan Peterman. Yeah. So that that was an interesting trend, but yeah, the Ravens offense. Yikes. Yeah, uh, my Nathan Peterman. Oh, I wanted to give it to Tommy Brady, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. He had a fucking shit game, though. Um, he, needs, he needs Antonio Brown back. And, and Gronk. Yeah. yeah. He needs his, his guys. Yeah, it's almost like he's not very good when he doesn't have awesome weapons everywhere. Uh, anyway, my Nathan Peterman Award uh, this week goes to his Mr. Years, Jackson Mahomes because oh, yeah. he was not in attendance <laughs> yeah, at the happened. game this week, yeah. and night and day difference. <laughs> I you know I shudder to think I assume you know Patrick Mahomes' wife was still there so we had like half the TikTok presence if you take her out of the equation dude's gonna throw ten touchdowns I don't know what's gonna happen yeah. so Jackson Mahomes maybe maybe don't go to the next games and just test out this theory but right now it's not looking it's not looking good for your impact on the team buddy yeah um all right let's go to stock up stock up for me 
going to Mac Jones being the best quarterback in this draft class. And like mm. I said this earlier, but I was like, oh yeah, okay. But I'm going to go by a lot. Like he is far and away. I mean, yeah. his, his season stat numbers like aren't like crazy insane, but he picked apart the Browns. He literally did whatever he wanted. The Only eyeball test. 19 of 23, 193, three touchdowns, zero picks. He is just the most like efficient rookie ever and it's like it's no brainer like he was the everyone was saying the most pro ready guy coming out of college mm-hmm. and he comes into probably the best system for it in a Josh McDaniels very stable organization and what they have going on and he's not going to be asked to you know do what say Trevor Lawrence what Zach Wilson what you know some of these guys are having to do to plug so many holes um Patriots. Uh, I mean, Tre- Trevor Lawrence's coach plugs some holes too, but yeah, he tried. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, he he is. I think I saw a thing where he was like, in terms of like overall grade. I think he's now like the fourth ranked in like the last I don't know how many like month or something like that. Like the fourth ranked overall. Yeah, like be a PFF graded quarterback, and every, no one else like it, over the course of the season. He's like sixty five, I think. And uh, like 65 grade and all the other rookies are in like the twenties or 30 under 30 or something like that. And it's just far and away. I mean, he's just efficient. Yeah. So, yeah. I, one of my options for stock up was going to be dynasties because it's, it's kind of looking that way again. Yeah, took a year um, off and yeah, yeah. I, it was a good year. Yeah. Uh, my stock up though is going to be alliteration because Mr. Mike McCarthy, the man who in hard knocks in the preseason brought us the mojo moment. He's back. He can't stop. I think it's in his DNA because his name is alliteration. So he just, oh. that's what he has kind of latched onto. Yeah. Now the newest, the newest uh, you know, product weird. out of the shop, out of the Mike McCarthy shop of coaching, Bingo Brotherhood. He has a bingo machine and every player gets a number and they just randomly draw like balls out of the machine and if your number gets drawn, you have to go up and like give a little speech about yourself. And that's how they build the brotherhood. And I'm still just sitting here going, Mojo Moments, Bingo Brotherhood. Like, where the fuck was this in Green Bay, Mike? Maybe we would have had another Super Bowl in there if you would have, you know, brought out the goddamn bingo machine. I was trying to think of like another W word for well, watermelon. He had like a thing. Do you see what he did like this after the game where they lost? Like the monkey butt or something? Yeah. yeah. Monkey butt or whatever. It's <laughs> like you, you do it. You put it on your butt if you get, you know, an ass kick. You know, you get your ass kicked or something like yeah. that. Like it's so weird. Like like, And all the players, I guess, loved it. I still think they're laughing at him. I, I I feel like they have to be, and and they're just like winning because I don't know. I I, I think he, I don't like how much credit Mike McCarthy's getting. Yeah, because I firmly believe I'm like this is all on you know Kellen Moore being really good at his play calling because he's yeah. the play caller. Mike McCarthy's not. My, Mike and, McCarthy is in the wagon being pulled by everything around him. And then he's like, not pulling and you have the Dan, wagon. You have Dan Quinn being like, I'm a I might not be a great head coach. But I'm a good defensive coordinator. Like yeah. I can, you know, I can scheme up plays on defense, and they're a very opportunistic defense. I mean, they get takeaways, and that's flashy and all that. And yeah, they give up a lot of yards, but I, I just can't wait until closer to the end of the season, or maybe in the playoffs when he really needs it, and he's going to bring out, you know, watermelon war zone. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be electric. It's terrible. Um. All right, let's go to stock down. Going to stock down. We haven't really talked about it going to the Rams um, and primarily Matthew Stafford. 
So this is one where it was like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, this is OBJ's fault. That hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, because he was only he was only out there for like twelve snaps. Yeah, he didn't impact the game uh, at all. Yeah. Um. So Matthew Stafford, we thought, you know, all right, this happened to the Titans, and it was like, all right, a little blip on the radar. The Titans are the hottest team in the NFL. They kind of took it to them. They won twenty-eight to sixteen, and even then. The Rams got some garbage points in there because they had like a seven-minute long drive yeah. um, to score some points. This is now back-to-back weeks that the Rams have been shellacked where then they score on these long drives and late in the fourth quarter to make it look a little more respectable. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I it just it looks weird and it's bad optics. And Stafford, again, he's thrown, I think, four interceptions in the last two games. And... I, I don't Imagine know. if Patrick Mahomes did that. I mean, we would crucify him on this show. <laughs> and I, I just think it's 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 something that he's always I my I've made my feelings about Matthew Stafford very clear. And it's not it's nothing against him as a player. It's always been more so about like it's against the him narrative. as a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it, then you have his wife who threw a pretzel at a 49er fan. I don't know if you saw this. No. During the game. Like a soft pretzel or a yeah. hard pretzel? <laughs> like, like, a, like, like a big. Like a big, like a big pretzel. <laughs> she like had to apologize to like, you know, <laughs> and she's like, I, I feel I'm embarrassed. I can't, I, you know, let my emotion get the better of me. She threw a, a, like a big pretzel at a 49er fan. That's like a double lose because you don't get to eat the pretzel. <laughs> yeah. It's just, pretzels are awesome. I don't, I mean, I'm like, oh no. That's, uh, that's really bad. Yeah, this, and, so, so would you say at this point that you hate Matt Stafford more than Josh Allen? Oh my gosh, no, it's different. Wait, um, so, so you, you, you hate Josh Allen more than you hate no, Matt Stafford? No, I don't hate Josh Allen. There has to be a hierarchy. This is not no, like I love you so, both equally. I what I what I hate is I hate that the Stafford's always gets the woe is me okay, treatment okay. from you, the media. Do you hate the the narrative around Stafford more than you hate the narrative? There's no around narrative Josh around Allen. Josh Allen. Exactly. So answer the question. Yeah, Stafford. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've been very clear. I hate that narrative. That you it's always hate Matt It's never Stafford. his fault. The dude's never won a playoff game, and he's never been in a serious big game. And yes, that's with Detroit, but I don't know. Quarterback wins don't matter when it's talking about Stafford. That's my issue. So yeah, well. there's no there's no consistency. So. Rams need to bounce back in a big way. All right, all right. Get down off your soapbox. Um, so I am sitting already. Stock down for me this week is going to be Mike White as a GM in the NFL oh. and kind of just Mike White in general. Um, Mike White, after his kind of breakout game two weeks ago, said in a press Hall conference. Of, a game that got enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Keep in mind. Yes, a game that got enshrined in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> said his in jersey's going to be Canton forever. That's kind of depressing. That's great. That's kind of great, though, actually. Yeah. I never thought I'd see one of those Jets jerseys in Canton. I don't think they did either. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are. Uh, but he said in a press conference that he would have drafted himself at the first overall pick. Got to have confidence in yourself, I guess. Well, and then he threw four interceptions this yeah. week, yeah. and he's being benched for Joe Flacco. So well, not great uh, for who's, Mike Who's White. also unvaxxed. That brings her total up to six now. It's a lot of unvaxxed quarterbacks. It's weird how the guys that are the focal point of the NFL seem to think that they're... But anyway, hmm. um, so yeah, Mike White, stock down. Looks like the Mike White experience might be over, and it was it was fun while it lasted. I think in a season without any Fitz magic, we had to have something happen, and Mike White kind of filled that void. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it was such a... A whirlwind of he could have stayed emotions. injured and gotten a backup contract somewhere. Like yeah. he came back because he believed in himself. First yeah. overall pick. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's get into a preview. Um, actually, wait, wait, before we go, I did want to. I forgot to bring this up. With we talked about Cam Newton coming back, the oh, Panthers yeah. Panthers beat the Cardinals, who they were still without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Panthers boat which, raced the Cardinals. By the way, Kyler Murray, you're starting to get the label of you know injury prone glass bones like it, skin, yeah it's yeah. not good and you better figure that out otherwise stop getting hurt career. you jerk yeah um or learn how to take hits i guess or not take hits like look lamar lamar is never hurt he just has like diarrhea lamar is sick like again. sick every yeah, yeah like every week they're yeah. like lamar didn't come to practice because he's sick i think lamar just doesn't like practice and he's yeah. like oh, i'm not i'm not I, feeling it he's like, I it always it. says like not covid um, i just but, not good but i do want to see say with the panthers winning over the cardinals on sunday that now brings cat teams versus bird teams. The overall series oh is God. tied at 209, 209, and 10 throughout the course of NFL Jesus history. Christ. What I mean that that's saber metrics to a T. It's perfect. Well now we can just we can just throw that out and we can just start counting now. That's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. It's even. So it's even. Are there Literally any are even. there any this week? Uh, I don't know. Let me let me look here. We got no oh rate right, right, now bears are not a cat. I mean, bears. They're like a big cat, like a like a big burly cat. Yeah, I don't think there's anything this week. Uh, when's the next? No, one? we got bird on bird. No, we don't have anything. Mm, just some bird on bird. All right. Well, we're gonna keep an eye on that. We're gonna we're gonna look for the next. You bird can trust on cat. that we will mention. Yeah, we're. It's gonna be great. All right, let's go into week eleven preview. Um, so, so who's playing this week? So obviously, let's before I get into the elephant in the room, the other one game I want to highlight that there's a couple, but this one I think we got to. It's the Cowboys at the Chiefs, uh, especially now that the Chiefs seem to have kind of gone back to their ways a little bit. The Cowboys are off a scorcher that they had. Um, yeah, Roger Goodell went into you know the Chiefs locker room after the previous week, not this last one, mm-hmm. and grabbed Mahomes by his shoulders and said, get your shit together. <laughs> you are a game coming up. the future of this league, damn it. <laughs> no. You have any idea who you're playing in two weeks? You signed weeks? a half a, million, half a billion dollar contract. The over-under is going to be 75. Yeah, and so I, I'm pretty sure this is the highest over-under of the week. What is it? Uh, over-under is at 56. Yeah, that, that feels right. Uh, line, it, it's, it's barely giving it to Kansas City, only at two and a half home favorites i wouldn't have given them that much but i guess the cowboys did fall apart two weeks ago well, and so. again you look at the teams the cowboys have beaten like i'm pretty sure they beat up on theirs their conference for three of those games three of their wins yeah and so i i mean yeah it is what it is i think this this should be it should be a great game this this is a this is a are they for real like are the chiefs back and are the cowboys here yeah kind of game yeah because everyone you know i i think we all can agree or the Chiefs should be in the playoffs, or probably will be. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to one seed it where they are, considering the rest of the the AFC. But the AFC is also a fucking clown show. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. No one wins tw- like two weeks in a row. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, because I think um, pivoting to our game, you know, your quarterback said there are no great teams. Like it, it seems like there are no like there like you know any there, given Sunday like no juggernauts people, yeah no juggernauts or anything and so yeah and I think that's true I don't I don't think there are any dominant teams that we have seen in these first ten weeks and like because every time we we think we got one they lay a goose egg and they you know yeah they come out and they they just embarrass themselves and so I just don't I don't really know I, and that I think that's great for the league as a whole it's really hard for kind of predicting or how you feel necessarily about like any given matchup i feel like yeah it's good for the league in a in a parody sense yeah but 
in a, you know, my blood pressure sense, it's actually quite bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're telling me I, I going to give me hope every single week, especially cause that's, that's we've fair. been in every single game. The, the biggest, biggest loss we have is seven points. <laughs> but my game last week was like a three point game. The whole fucking yeah, game. Yeah. No, basically. that's, that's, that's gross. Like uh, at least ours, you see scores kind of going back and forth. Like we haven't had, like, I guess the Cleveland game was yeah, like 14 Mine was seven, a horror but... movie where they're walking through the house and you're waiting for something to happen and nothing's <laughs> happening. And you just try to keep guessing where a jump scare is happening. Like, the music yeah. cues kind of go away. You're like, oh, this is it. It got really quiet. And, no, the, and then they, they look it. over and they're like, oh, it's just a cat. You're like, you know, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So our game, it's at noon at US Bank um, where I th- I'm pretty sure, I think I saw a stat where like Rodgers is even or like his record at us bank well, he, they won last year they lost the first like, it's time. usually like by far like yeah he is i mean he's better at home over obviously. his career he's lost the vikings the most i mean he hasn't lost to yeah. teams many times but um i mean it's obviously one where mike zimmer's very familiar with aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is very familiar with mike zimmer i mean they've been there he's been here since he's not familiar with long hair aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Heron Rodgers, as we're calling him. He hasn't been that great this, like, his normal standard. He's not familiar. It's chaos. (laughs) Can't account for it. So, I mean, this is one where, obviously, we mentioned Aaron Jones is going to be missing at least a couple weeks uh, with an MCL MCL sprain. Um, And so, A.J. Dillon. he came out of the tent with, like, tears in his eyes. I thought that it was an ACL. I I thought so, too. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we have a game that, I like I say every single matchup between the Vikings and Packers is going to be decided by who you know takes care of the ball. Like who yeah. is not going to give the game away because this is one where, as we mentioned, that the Packers are going to give you the underneath stuff. They're going to give you some yardage, and they're it's going hoping, to be an Adam Thielen day. And yeah, this is one where in, Adam Thielen has a very good track record in his career against the Packers. Yeah, and, and he won't have to worry about having Jair Alexander out there to pick him up and throw him into another Vikings player. So that should be, you know, good for his state of mind in general. I mean, I just unless feel like, he runs in from the from the sideline. You're right you're, on one arm. You're right. A, a, def- a defensive back running full speed at a stationary receiver that that's yeah. never going to be in favor of I, defensive backs. I haven't Jair, seen many plays. Incredible. I haven't seen many plays like that go the way that that one went. <laughs> okay, uh, and so. This is one where, you know, Jair is not going to be there again. You might have Bakhtiari. Jair, Rashawn Gary is dealing with something. Uh, you know, not a huge piece, but Whitney Merciless tore his yeah, bicep uh, last week. So he's thanks, done for the thanks, season. Thanks for playing. Or thanks for coming. He got like a sack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that like that happened with... Um, that was everybody. Yeah, with any linebacker that you bring in like yeah. mid-season, they're like, all right, we're here, and we're gone. Yeah. And that's it. They, they, they get a couple game checks, and then something terrible happens. Yeah, I mean, this is one where... is this. Is Darnell Savage still playing? Yeah. Okay. I thought he was. Hurt yeah. Sa- Savage and Amos are him. are still back there, and and it's going to be Stokes is, and King probably. This is weird though because Kevin King, and I know that you have your issues with PFF grades, but hear me when I say this: Kevin King had a PFF grade this last week of over ninety-one. What the fuck? What what is going on? No. Is he has he fixed it? Has he fixed himself? <laughs> I don't think so, yeah. I, and I don't want I don't want to let my guard down and let him hurt me again. Right. But I don't know. Like I I'm almost ready to get hurt again. 
Uh, Stokes is still, you know, I'm happy with the way that he's developing and stuff like this, that. Yeah, but it's going to be a, a tall order. This is going to be a big one, yeah, because I don't know who you're probably going to want. You're probably going to have Stokes on. I don't think you're going to ever shadow, um, but no, I, I would think, think primarily so. you're going to want Stokes on Jefferson just because of Stokes's ability to keep up. Because like Thielen's not like a burner. Mm-hmm. He's a he gets separation and he can get upfield. He's not slow by any means, but. Jefferson is the explosive one on our, yeah. on our pass catchers. And so I think this is one where it's Stokes is the guy you want covering down the field because yeah. if he gets beat, he can recover by the time the ball gets there. Kevin King. Yeah, just asked Scotty Miller how that one went. Yeah. Um, and so I, I expect a lot of, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of Dalvin, uh, a lot of Madison and hopefully staying aggressive in the past game because if we kind of go back to what we were for a little while, like if we play like we did last week, I like our chances. If not, it's eh, not great. I'm going to be so gonna... happy if Mike Zimmer just turtles again. Like, <laughs> all right, that was a great experiment, boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> over under on this one's only at 49, um, which I guess that's not only. That's that's kind of up there. Anything close to 50. It's, um, it's, in, the, it's in the middle, and I think that that's fair. I think it might be. I think it's – I honestly – Life's too short to bet the under, but I I think I would if I was a betting man, just because that seems a little high based on this kind of game. Like look at our last ones, with the exception of Week One last year, um, a lot of our games are very low scoring. Yeah, and I guess I mean if the if the over under line is set at forty nine, I mean mm. you guys have hit the over with that line in every game of the last like like four you know three last four weeks at least right. Uh, and one of those was the the Dak Prescottless Cowboys. I'm just I'm just so. saying with how with with how the your the Packers defense the last three or four weeks has been playing, and with you know the Vikings defense kind of figuring out we're getting Patrick Peterson back, um, Harrison Smith's coming back from his uh, pseudo stealth one week suspension for choking Ceedee <laughs> Lamb, that they called COVID. If you believe, do you hear the the is. The, the reasoning why like what happened? Yeah, I think he, like his hand got his stuck hands or like something. in his chin strap, and like he because you you show him one, and he Doubtful. doesn't have he doesn't have both like around his neck. He literally has this, and he's trying to like get his hand out, and, and you have then CD like panicking and flipping out. So it's like that's not going to help the situation. See, he let him go in full like fish like, on the dock. Yeah, like he's literally like, if your hand gets caught like in like a and like especially like a finger, you don't want that person to like start flipping out because you're like I could you know tear your shit around it's it's, it's a likely story <laughs> so I, I don't know because like and that makes a lot more sense because they're like what what is he doing because he's not he's not like a dirty player he's, he's usually a murder on he's live like a, television he's one of the more like fundamental like kind of like tacklers or players kind of boring in terms of like how he plays he just until he snaps <laughs> yeah i guess um and so what do you think the line is on this one it's it's I been think, moving a little bit so. i think the line on this one is probably gonna be I'm gonna say Packers minus one. Packers minus two. Okay. So I, I think that might get. Um, I think it might go closer to Green Bay as the week goes on. Um, keep in so, mind. So it might increase. Your yeah, I think yeah. it might increase because I. I just think. I don't know if you're a Vikings fan and you see that I'm like no way. The Vikings are a that's hard basically saying we're line. gonna that basically saying like we're gonna win this game like because unless or you will you'll you know. Yeah. Lose by one. And yeah, so, well, and the Vikings, I feel like, are a hard team to draw a line for because they're a hard team to, no one knows to where suss to put us. out yeah, where they're yeah. at. As we've mentioned, you can make an argument that we should be either like, 
you know, two and seven or like seven and two or better. Like, and if like yeah. in these close games, you know, you look at close games, essentially you'd be like, oh, a coin flip because a play here or there decides those games and like the grand scheme of it. And it's like, you know, I don't know. Like no one really knows what to do with us. And I don't know. Cause we keep having these, Oh, that's a good win. Oh, that's kind of a bad loss. That's a good win. Like that's a heartbreaker. And like, yeah, Vegas is like, I don't know. Close. Yeah. I don't It's tough. And I think, I mean, if I were betting this, you know, no matter where the line ends up, I think I'd just go money line with what you think is going to happen Yeah, because that line is not going to be very helpful to you. No. Um, and I do want to mention that we, for the first time in, in our friendship, we have never watched a Viking Packer game together for no reason <laughs> for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Some, some, some people here might have calmer heads on Sundays and I don't know. I I've been domesticated in since, well, since we started, we'll find out since we started this rule, I have been thoroughly tempered down. Well, that's good. To the point where my vocabulary is policed on okay. Sundays. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So I, I think you're going to be surprised. All right, because I was going to say we got we should we need to lay some ground rules. We're watching it here at the or 10K. Sh- or house. Should I should I be trying to like pump up no, excitement? No, so, like so, I'm I'm so, going to freak out. So this is what I'm saying is, I think with our games with our Earth game, it can never divulge into like. You know, at the end of the day, it's Her a game. personal attack. Yeah, exactly. And if you can be like more so like upset at an outcome, but never like I, I say, don't make that upset at a person, you know, in yes. the person in the room. You could be upset at the TV, you could be upset at a player or a thing. Yes. But never like, I'm never going to be like, fuck you, ne- Kevin. Never, never and, like, personal insults. Yeah. Keep it, you know, keep it relatively about the civil. team, about the game. Yeah, you know? and, and whoever's obviously... team loses has to light themselves on fire. Yes, yeah. And um, the winning, the winning team gets to pour the gasoline. Yeah. And so that that just that's how it's gonna. That's, that's how those it's gonna are be. the rules. And it's gonna have a live a live stream for it. Uh, and then the podcast gonna, is over. Yeah, so. we're, we're gonna try to you know set up kind of like a clip for or you know a camera for it and kind of mash together kind of some best reactions and. And put that out on on Twitter and whatnot, and probably in TikTok too. And so we're gonna Everywhere. try to, yeah, basically. So that's not, it's gonna be documented, and um, we'll see. And if the Packers lose, we're never doing this again. And all I have to say is, win the whoever wins, win graciously. Like win, like don't be a, a sore winner and or sore loser. Like that's what we're gonna try to be. Is like once the game ends, I, I feel like you're saying this to the room, but I'm the only yeah, one. Yeah, no, I, I am. I am absolutely saying this to you. Okay. Like this is. I'm just wording it so it didn't like feel it felt as like obvious. you were addressing a I group. Am, no, I am. I am solely talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it is. It's okay. like I've seen you in Packer games. I've never seen it Viking Packer games, but I just. I'm just saying it because, like, when I the Packers when the Vikings lose, I don't get mad. I get sad. Like, I I, yeah. I become very sad and quiet. The, the world owes me a Packer win, and so every and, week, and so that's where it's like. And the Vikings win, especially this year. I'm like, holy fuck, we did it! Like, I, I'm in disbelief, yeah. and you know, I I'm already kind of, you know, I saw a thing where it was like, like Minnesota sports, like you we like you. You know, we can't hate ourselves or you can't hate us more than we already hate ourselves or something where it's like we're just we're already dead. Yeah, you can't. They can't can't what kill is us. Dead may never die. They can't kill us because we're already dead inside. Yeah. 
And so that's my whole preface. Um, the only thing Minnesota sports fans like more than their Minnesota sports is complaining about their Minnesota sports. Well, yeah, I mean, and being a martyr for their Minnesota sports. All we have is that in our history. So it's like, well, that's all we know. It's true. We don't have the eight, we don't have 1985 like the Bears do to completely lean on. I feel like I'd rather have nothing though than be like, this one. Well, I know that that's, and that's <laughs> the thing too where it's like, oh, congrats, you were good for one year. You know, yeah. you had that one year. It's like us, it's like, damn, you've been, in, we just have heartbreak and like, I don't know. There's some solace in that, I guess. It's because, like, there's no like when we don't get our hopes up. It's like, why should we? All we all I guess is it's just crushed. Was better to have loved than lost. I don't know. Like, I still love it. Like, I'm still always gonna root for us to win. I, I'm never gonna be a fan that roots us for us to lose, even if it like hurts us in the long term, as I mentioned last yeah, week. But. I mean, plus you guys will never be able to overcome the officials in this game. You know, it's basically 12 on 11 every single play at a- least. Absolutely. So absolutely it's, will it's, be. We don't even really need to play the game. We can just give the Packers a win and move on. Well, I think we still should, uh, just in case. Maybe. In case we win despite that. You know? <laughs> you know that would be impressive. Yeah. If you, you play to win the game. and You know, it's it is. It's funny. We are, it brings a matchup of the most penalized team and the least penalized team this season yeah. in this matchup. And that has to be because all the refs are crooked. There's no part of that that might just be, you know, discipline or. I know you guys haven't been throwing shoes I, yet so far this I, year. I, I do, you know, I obviously like that. That comes into it. Like coaching is a big thing, like with discipline and all that. But at the same time, there there is some middle ground in there that should be met. Like it's not like it's all or nothing. Like it's not like I'm saying it's all, you know, a conspiracy or it's. You know, we're just being screwed, or so, so it's a little conspiracy. Yeah, they, I mean, there there they are just, some like, kind of want the yeah, Packers yeah, yeah, yeah. to win, which you know, maybe doubt, maybe because um, it's it's all there is in in Green Bay and Wisconsin. Are you? We even talk about it. Or did did you become? Oh no, I'm I'm really. Oh no, I want to. Like I I was talking with Jalen yesterday. Did and you I was not like, get in line at like eight a.m. yesterday? Oh no, they're it's like running like through the end of the year. I know, but like they only have X amount. They have three hundred thousand and they're three hundred dollars each. Yeah. I also feel like do you know your fan base? Yeah, well that's the thing. And so I don't know. I'm really waffling because like three hundred is like a lot of money. For for parchment for, paper. For parchment, yeah. Yes. My parchment's usually much cheaper than three hundred dollars <laughs> yeah. for one sheet. It's hell of a paper. But at the same time, like this is the first time they've sold it in like 20 years or something. I mean, it, it, I think it was longer like 06. than that. I think or was it? Okay. It was 06. Yeah. Something like, like 15, years. 15, 20 years. And so it's like, I don't know. I guess they'll, they'll sell it again in my lifetime, you Maybe. know, knock on wood. When they, when they need like, we need stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. I've heard a lot of Vikings fans. And I know I just, that a, I know that a lot of Vikings fans. You know, the proportion of you guys in the listenership is higher than other fan bases. I want to I want to set the record straight. We all know it's not a real stock. It is a way to support the team because unlike the Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis, unlike cannot, every team, we don't, cannot, say, don't just say us. Yes, say thirty-one yes, other teams. But specifically, you guys in recent memory, we cannot just ask for a billion dollars for a new fucking stadium, or we're going to move away. The city of Green Bay cannot support that kind of. I mean, we asked ask. for we we got a new stadium because ours literally broke. Yeah, no, I, I'm aware, but <laughs> I'm just saying that like that was publicly raised funds. Of one kind, this is publicly raised funds of a different kind. I, I think that then the my the biggest issue, me personally, that I have is the large amount of very vocal or very loud Packer fans 
that are like, I'm an owner. Like, I'm an equal owner. You know, like, they, they bring it. Like, just I mean, acknowledge you are it. an owner. Just acknowledge that what you're doing helps. If they just said, what I'm doing helps pay for renovations. And that's but it. People but they, are they say, saying but that. Then they, no, 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 no. But what they're saying is, they're like, yeah, because we do this, our team, we don't have to spend. There, I saw one guy. I don't even know who it was. You might know. Um, Probably. It, was, it like went viral. And he's like, yeah, and yet you have the Packers fans that are very comfortable or you have Vikings fans that are very okay with spending 145 million on Kirk Cousins like I didn't pay a single hey, dime that, that, for that that's the exact it's same like, thing it's and also that's the same and thing. also Packers there's fans, no difference if, if you Tell actually believe difference. if you if you believe that money goes to players salaries you're a dumbass cuz that's not what it goes to at all yeah and so it's like that's my thing it's like just knowing acknowledging where your funds are going and it's you know, it's just it's, worded it's differently. Crowd, it's crowdsourcing renovations to Lambo. It's it's well, it, but it's rooted in if like you want to buy the origin teams, of the franchise. If you want to buy it for your team's memorabilia or like memorabilia for your team, I have no problem because most and that's signed what things, I'm contemplating, which I don't have a problem with. It's the ones that are like get all high and muddy. Like I'm an NFL owner. Oh, you like, bet you bet your bullshit. ass. I'm going to call myself an owner though if I do it's it. It's just so stupid. Like that's where I have my issue with people that. You know, you're not an you're not an owner. I might be. I might be by the <laughs> next time owner, we record. You're an owner of a very overpriced piece of paper that came from your team, which is great, <laughs> and that's what you are an owner of. Um, all right, let's let's go into the two minute drill. Kevin's a fake fan because he's not. He didn't get in line to pay three hundred dollars for his favorite team. God, you're um, gonna make me spend three hundred. I am. I cannot believe you didn't. That's Just being rude. After you talked about it, you tweeted about it, you mentioned about it, like. But they want to know, man, and you're not. So it's true. You know, it's fake fan. Um, it would be really funny if I became one and you didn't. And I'd I mean, like, if you, I if you wanted to support team. my team, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. that's, you, you have every right. Because keep in mind, they still technically can move. You know that, right? Like it probably yeah. it will never probably happen. No, it won't. But but it's not like it's impossible because of this. Could yeah, <laughs> but it won't. Okay. Um. All right. So two minute drill. I got four. I also have four. All right. You want to start? Yep. All right. Ready, set, go. Cause for concern for Stafford and the Rams or just a blip on the radar? Back-to-back bad losses. Cause for concern because they're turning the ball over and it's not like a fluky thing. It's a pattern now. Mm-hmm. So cause for concern. Okay. Are the Chiefs back? Oh, you. This is literally my second one. I said, okay, Chief, well. Yeah. Chiefs back? All right. I'll answer yes. Okay, and that this is the next one is your question to me. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs back. Chiefs back. Um, no, not yet. Not until I see it against the Cowboys. I, the Raiders are the Raiders are have an interim head coach. I don't I don't respect that. You um, don't respect him as a man. Yeah. Wow. I don't. Respect he has <laughs> had to step up in an unprecedented situation. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, wow. I, I I applaud his courage. What about Derek Carr? He no. just needs someone to love. His arms right aren't now. oily enough. Um, so last week, Bruce Arians said they have enough letters, uh, and then they lost to the Washington football team when asked about OBJ, he said they have enough letters. Do they need more letters? And if so, which ones? I think they just need the, the others back. They just need, so they need a B and they need R R G. I I would say Gronk is like a big old, like, it's like a capital. Yeah. It's like all just caps Gronk. Like they just need those letters. Gronk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. Does anyone want to win MVP this year? 
every time we seem like we get a front runner, they're all like, nah, I suck now. I just, I, I can't do it. No, they're probably going to give it to like Brady because no one else is going to make a compelling case. And he's just going to, like Peyton Manning got a couple of those where it's just like, you're Peyton Manning and no one else he, did anything that like special. Four. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, is the AFC North good or bad? Um, because there's no middle. They're all very muddled with each other. Yeah, like, they're all very competitive with each other in terms of. I wouldn't put any of them better than like the Bills, even the Chiefs, um, or the Titans. This, like they're, this they're sounds not, like bad. They're not in the. They're good when they're playing each other. They're not good when they're playing an actual real contender, like a Super Bowl contender. Okay, I'm gonna put you down sense. for bad. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. And my last one, prediction for Vikings Packers. Um, let's go 24-20 Packers. Ooh. And my last question was going to be how much Packers stock have you bought, but it sounds like the answer is none. So. I, I, I didn't. I didn't buy any stock. I did at one point was in line. Like I, 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 I was just curious, and mm-hmm. I went in. I was like, oh, and this thing was barely moving. And I was like, ah. I, I don't I don't really want to. You can have it email you when you're there. when you're turning. I saw line that option, yeah. but I was like, it's technology. I'm like this. this it's a cutting three, edge. I'm like three hundred dollars is a lot for a bit. Ah, uh, yeah. And they're non-transferable, so you couldn't even get it for the bit. And then like and I then could buy it, it off of you yeah. or something. No, that like, would be like this is. Yeah. Then I'd be like, be like you know, later in life when I'm like grandpa, why? Why do you why do you have Packers stock? Aren't you a Vikings fan? Well, you see, Sonny, you know, you see, I was, son, I was making a joke I was in, in my two thousand and twenty one. <laughs> when I was in my twenties, I decided to to really rub it in my Packer friend and co host of this Got podcast. Him. What's a podcast? Oh, it's another story, and, <laughs> and it just it just it's too much energy. So, so my my final question for you is the same the the prediction. All right, uh, prediction. The forever optimist. I'm gonna go with. Vikings 27, Packers, let's say 20. Incorrect. And two <laughs> minutes. All right. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I'd be, I'd probably be kicked out of Minnesota if I said. Yeah, it's true. You have lots of appearances to keep up. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Third and Forever presented by 10,000 Takes. Go to the website at 10ktakesmn.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok and Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes, you can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at third underscore forever 10K where we post our episodes each week as well as, you know, clips, memes, um, content, commentary, Whatever, anything NFL related, and also links to Kevin and I's personals on there where we're a little more active throughout the weeks, especially on Sundays. Uh, I've been your host, Adam Ozdor, as always by my co-host, Kevin O. Kevin, final words. Go Pack, go. Go Pack, go.